Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Hold My Own, the band that's based out of both Chicago and New Jersey. They just dropped a new EP titled In My Way. That was the title track titled In My Way. It's out now, available everywhere, courtesy of Days. If you're not familiar, you might like what you just heard. Heavy, fast, hardcore, pure, in-your-face, members of Shattered Realm, MH Chaos, World Demise, The Mongoloids, Sector, Pretty much all those are split up between two guys, but you know what I'm saying. You get what I'm going. You hear what you heard. It's hardcore, baby. All the way. Hold my own. I got to imagine that name inspired by Biohazard, but you know, I'll let them uh, explain that some other time. Maybe I should have one of them on the podcast again. You know, I had the guitar player Anshit on when we talked about MH Chaos way back about eh, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, maybe I should have him back to speak whole my own or whatever the fuck else he wants. He does so much stuff. This is just one of the very cool things. Again, it's available now. It's on Days Records. You can pick it up. There's a feature from Senta. If you don't know who Senta is, 
He's the frontman of Numb, the coolest Japanese hardcore band there is. He once gave me a handfuls of free shit just because we, I mean, there was a language barrier. We were in Baltimore. I just walked up and looked at their merch table and he was just like, here, take everything here. I'll throw in a rock crimis CD here. Here's some creep out stuff as well. That's just the way they were the Japanese fellows when they came over to play Baltimore one summer. I believe it was numb and creep out. I could be wrong. Maybe it was sand. And for that reason alone, you should go pick up the new Hold My Own EP In My Way, available now on Days. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. This episode, we're talking more hardcore, but we're going to the South and we're talking to Jack Cooper. You might know Jack Cooper. He runs the very cool What It Takes hardcore blog on Instagram and other places. But he also has a new band. It's called Collective Action. They've got a new EP. It's out now, available everywhere. And when I first heard it, I was so pleasantly surprised about how good it is. And even though it's only a demo, I was like, hey, man, come on the podcast. Let's talk about it. So that's what this is. But first, let's go over to New Jersey. Check in with the hot zone. Check it. We're back, baby. Yes, it's another season of NBA basketball. I bet you don't care. I do. You're here for hardcore. I'm here to talk about sports as always. In the intro, you know you can't get away with it. It kicked off last night with the Denver Nuggets versus the LA Lakers. Of course, that dirty dog, Nikola Jokic, put up another triple-double and went on to what looks like it was a pretty easy win. Um, highlights looked good this morning. I watched, I watched LeBron James uh, get a get a loose ball and go down the lane and, you know, a layup in traffic. And I was just like, holy shit, man, that guy and I are the same age. I couldn't move like that. Like, and I, I consider myself to be an athletic fella. I work out uh, nearly every single day. I run several miles a week. And uh, I just can't. That explosiveness is insane that somebody at that age can move like that. He's entering his 20 or has entered his 21st season. Only six other people have done that. All right. Maybe he's the sixth. And none of them have looked like he does right now. It's pretty crazy. Uh, The fact that he might potentially play with his kids in the league is off the wall. Um, Much respect to the great LeBron James. It's a shame he's on the Lakers because, you know, I want to root for him. Uh, But typically, I don't want to root for the Lakers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like somebody who grew up cognizant of what was happening with basketball in the 80s. So I don't have like shock trauma from watching uh, the Lakers beat my team's ass all the time. And uh, besides, the Sixers did beat the Lakers for a NBA championship in 1983. Alas, that was a year before I was born. So it doesn't really apply to me. Anyway. What I'm saying is uh, it doesn't bother me so much, the purple and gold, but it bothers a lot of people. You know, they're like the cowboys of the NBA in some aspects. And uh, that's fine. Uh, to me, that's the Celtics, the green and white. I'm looking at a picture of Jason Tatum right now, and I just feel it bubbling up. But they're going to win. They're going to win way more than the Sixers are, and they always do. And uh, that's a little upsetting. 
But I have a little bit of optimism going into this Philadelphia 76ers season without James Harden around. I'm hoping that it's time for Tyrese Maxey to flourish. Maybe Joel Embiid just takes this and is like, I don't need that fucking guy anyway. And does his thing. Wins another MVP. Very unlikely. Extremely unlikely. Maybe worth putting some money down on. Not mine. Yours. Go ahead. Place that bet. Odds are good for Joel Embiid to repeat as NBA MVP. Not good in the sense that likely, but good as in you'd win a lot of money if you were right. So maybe that's what good really is. Hey, did you know Dario Saric is playing for the Golden State Warriors now? I bet you did because you're a diehard NBA fan like myself as well. Anyway, the other game last night was uh, the Suns versus the Golden State Warriors. And Devin Booker uh, dropped like 30 on him. Important to me because he's on my fantasy basketball team. All right. That's a daily thing. You got to set that lineup daily. Don't forget. And Chris Paul returned to face the Suns. I didn't check the stat line. I don't know what he did, but um, it's interesting to see him in a Warriors uniform. And I think that's all I can give you on opening night from the NBA. And some of you are like, yeah, that's enough. We didn't want any of it, but you like you insist. And like, yeah, that's what I do. That's my, this is my platform. I get to do what I want. But one of the things that I wanted to do was to have on my friend, Jack Cooper to talk about his new hardcore band collective action. They dropped an EP, a demo, call it whatever you want. It's called don't go it alone. And it's out now on reckoning of force records. I believe there's a couple tapes out there in the wild. I didn't get one, so you don't get one, okay? There actually was a a cool t-shirt that they released with the tape that I wish I had gotten. I liked it. It It's nice and I think it was green and looked cool. And I thought I would wear that as an adult, which is not something I say often about hardcore band t-shirts these days. But anyway, collective action fucking rips, man. I love this demo, this EP, call it whatever you want. And I thought, hey, Jack's always doing so much cool stuff with the what it takes thing he's got going on. I don't even know what you call it. It's a, it's, it's a, it's like a campaign for hard. He's like on this year long, years long campaign for hardcore, just the scene, just the the music. He's just always promoting it, pushing it in your face. Here it is. Here's what you might've missed. Here's how to catch up. Here's the links. Check out these people from this part of the world. And I truly respect it and was more than happy to say, Hey man, now that you got a band, let's talk a lot about that in a long form podcast. Is my podcast long form? I don't know. What makes a podcast long form? I'd say longer than the 15 minutes I started doing these episodes as. That's pretty fucking long, huh? Let's make this longer, but let's make it longer by playing you a track from Collective Action and then my conversation with Jack Cooper. This one is called Collective Action.
happy to be meeting you face to face here because I don't think we certainly haven't done this yet. Yeah, talked yeah, a few times time. through uh, through messages uh, through mm. through typed words, right? But uh, DMs, happy to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I was pleasantly surprised by your new band, Collective Action. And of course, we'll talk about that. But first, I want you to tell me the beginnings of Jack mm. Cooper into hardcore. Where does it? Where does this? Where does it begin? I think it begins. There's a lot of uh, people around my age range. If you're a little bit older, I think you get in through like Tony Hawk video game soundtrack. I think for me, oddly enough, it was like Guitar Hero spiked an interest in like heavier music. So you had like a Bench Sevenfold on there and some like more like modern contemporary metal. Yeah. And you had the scene kid phase back then. So, you know, like I, I was down with the hot topic of gosh, maroon jeans, skinny jeans, the swoop hair, everything. <laughs> I didn't know maroon jeans were part of it. I mean, I was a little, little too old for the scene thing, just a little bit, you know, but, but yeah. I didn't know about, I didn't know the marine, maroon. You, you got to have things. very strange colored pants. That does, I think it's a prerequisite. You got to have the hair, the pants, usually like the, the silly bands or like the, the bracelets you probably used to yeah. see back in the day. But, um, I think through that, I just, thankfully had friends that were friends of some of the older guys in my high school because mm-hmm. it's kind of worked like this forever as far as I know. But like where I'm from in Roanoke, every generation of hardcore kids usually all congregate or go to one school. So mm-hmm. when I was getting into stuff, everyone that was into hardcore went to my school pretty much. So like your friends, if you're a freshman, you're friends of some of the seniors is how you got into hardcore. And so I had some friends suggest music to me. And then around the same time, I found the uh one of the best music videos in hardcore of all time the step down for by sick of it yeah, all right and so that kind of hooked me i was like yeah this is not this not, isn't heavy and breakdown oriented so i don't understand it quite yet but it, it makes more sense somehow and so i just <laughs> went and dude just fucking went full neurodivergent and just fucking started doing heavy <laughs> research back then dude been doing it for a long time and that's that's kind of how it started yeah, you really seem to have gotten sucked in, and I mean that in a good way because you're still you're you're doing like I do, where you just keep you just keep going, yeah. you just keep you got your thing that you do, and you just keep doing it. And uh, I'm sure you get similar comments like I do, like the people go, "I don't know how you keep the the pace, how you keep." Yep. And I don't know. For me, it's kind of easy because I like it so much, right? Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure it's similar to you. But so anyway, but interesting that you said uh, like all the kids that were in the hardcore went to one school because that's like the total opposite of mm. of the way i grew up where there was like some punk kids and i was friends with them but i was the only one who like somehow found hardcore interestingly through bands that kind of sound like your band and i'll totally get to that um but uh yeah there was there was nobody else and actually the other day i was i was putting new i was putting my records back here in uh mm. in new in new sleeves and i pulled out one from on do you remember the band on are you familiar with them they had they had one full length on react or on uh reaper records maybe or react records whatever they were just like a straight edge hardcore Vaguely band. familiar kind of, yeah kind of generic not, not not much to remember um but i remember buying that record off of ebay and this is when i lived in baltimore and it mm. came and it came to me in the mail from like my hometown and I was like, what the fuck? Dover, Pennsylvania? Like nobody. So like it made me like reach out to this person and be like, yeah. what are you doing? How do you know about this? <laughs> you know, like, like it was that like years later, I'm like, nobody's heard of it there, you know? But uh, but yeah, so eventually it, it finds its way. But it's that must have been different and, and really cool. Or maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. Was it cool to have the whole school into it? Did it make it 
less special, more special? What, what was that like? I think it made it, I think it was convenient for me because I mean, Roanoke's not that big of a town. I mean, it's, I think roughly like a hundred thousand people live in the city itself and maybe 250,000 in like the, the metro area. So we had like maybe 15 kids into hardcore at my high school. And it was just nice to like have someone to pass it down, like from generation to generation. Cause in a small enough town, if you don't have someone like that, you can easily have it, the scene itself, like cease, you know, completely. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll skip a generation and someone will have to pick it back up. But thankfully I was just paying attention, but I, I, I always liked it. It was cool. And some of those guys, that are older than me that were seniors when I was, what was it like a freshman? They're still around. So like mm-hmm. mad respect to them. They're an uh, integral part of my journey. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I roped in some younger kids with me, but then I know they left like I did. So we didn't. So that's was, that was even more of a surprise when, you know, when the record came from, from my hometown, but that's cool. The Roanoke, Virginia, of course, for people who not from the area who might not know where the city is, I don't know who that would be, but there's a chance. Um, Many people. Not, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> not uh what I would consider one of the first Virginia hardcore scenes that comes to mind when I think of the state. Of course, Virginia Beach, Richmond would be mm-hmm. the first two for me. Virginia Beach comes to mind first for me because I knew a lot of people there. We had this pretty strong connection between Baltimore and Virginia Beach at one time. Yeah. And uh, but but of course Richmond is, you know, massive, uh, both in hardcore and metal. Were you uh, were you going to shows just in Roanoke? Because I know those cities aren't necessarily close by. So what was that like? What was what was the local scene? What was the strength of that? Was that by going to other places or was that actually happening in your town? Uh, it definitely was happening in uh, in Roanoke. I would say like the the actual hardcore scene is kind of gone through larger periods of dipping in and out. I think a lot of the older heads, to my knowledge, were into like more of like the punk stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I think around 2005, 2006, a couple of years before I got into it, there were like legitimate hardcore bands that like were sounding like stuff maybe you'd hear like on Reaper, Bridge Nine. Uh, and so I was going to shows there. Um, and oddly enough, I mean, that was still, even though it's not that far back, it was a time where like bands toured more. So if you really wanted to go from like the Northeast or a certain part of the South to the Midwest, you kind of had to go through Roanoke because 81 goes through there. So like we would get sometimes really cool shows happening. Um, trying like and a lot of the Richmond stuff, uh, thankfully would come here too. Like you'd get, I, I've seen Fire and Ice, I've seen Naysayer a dozen times. It's it's right. uh it's great that they, some of those guys like will come out and support. But uh, you kind of have to if you want to see some of the bigger acts, you got to go to either like Charlotte, which is three hours away, or you can pick. Richmond and go three hours that way. And that's, that's what I did when I was, I guess, a senior in high school. I was actually funny enough. I was looking at the event page for that. Cause I was trying to remember who all played this show. It was a, um, Oh gosh, what was it called? Um, back to school jam. I know that's like mm-hmm. that, that term has been used by different scenes. In various places. To, yeah. 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 But it used to be a thing in uh, Richmond for like a couple of years. And I remember I went there, lied to my parents. I said I was I was I was going to a water park. <laughs> and they believed me. I got the towels and everything in my car. And then I roped my neighbor who was a little bit older and was kind of into it to like, hey, please drive me to Richmond. Uh, and so I ended up seeing the rival mob, no tolerance, uh, hands tied, got my nose broken uh, five seconds into the first Rough band. slide. Yeah, <laughs> loved it though, and then yeah. I was hooked ever since. But like the bigger stuff always went over there, and I think that's 
rightfully so, because like Richmond to me is like it produces a lot of quality bands. And even when there's not a lot of bands around, I mean, like there's always a scene surrounding there. Like it's doing really good right now. It was doing great back then too. Uh, but Roanoke had its own cool stuff. We had bands like Punch come. There's even a point where like early when Turnstile was getting bigger, they were touring with Turnover and a couple other bands and they were supposed to play Roanoke. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we got our fair share of cool stuff. Yeah. Good. Good. So when, when do you start um, playing in bands? When do you start getting involved musically? Uh, I tried doing stuff in high school. Like at one point, I don't know what it was. I was, I used to play drums as a kid and I was fairly decent. And then I stopped and I always blame this on puberty. I'm like, I, as soon as puberty hit, I just forgot how to fucking play the drums. Like I literally just couldn't keep a beat anymore. <laughs> so I just figured it was over at that point. It's like, no, I'm not going to be in a band cause I can't play a string instrument either. But I just tried doing vocals one day when I was just fucking around with one of my friends and they were like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, okay. Um, and so I started many, uh, some good, some very shitty bands when I was like 19 or 20, right. When I, uh, got out of high school and started going to college in uh, East Tennessee. Was that easy for you to get on stage with a microphone? Oddly enough, it never really bothered me. Um, I've done a lot. <laughs> I, one of the first shows I ever played, it was like a gimmick thing. Uh, someone had made a meme, like an old school meme you'd see on like 4chan or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, a taunting kind of meme. It's like, Jack will not play naked at the show. And then I ended up doing it because people were just like, yeah, you're not going to yeah. do it. So like, <laughs> I, I was able to do that pretty quick and just kind of like uh, wear the birthday suit and perform. Even though like I, for most of my life, I think I've been very uh, an- like socially anxious, like giving a speech to me or like cold calling someone for like work stuff if I worked at a call center. I would rather play in front of like a thousand people unprepared yeah. than, than have to talk to someone on the phone about something that I really don't care about. Like that, well, that stresses yeah. me out. I'm, I'm the same way. I was, uh, I was just, I was like class clown. I mean, I was voted class clown of my high school. I was sang for a hardcore band, you know? Um, but if you tell me I have to, I don't know, go bring the neighbor's doorbell and Mm-hmm. talk to him about something like anybody's doorbell I mean, it's gonna be i'm i'm gonna be uh, like it makes me anxious I, I don't want to do it i'll do anything else please you yeah. know but like but yeah these uh forced or not forced whatever just social situations where i'm like slightly off is is fucking rough and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I think it comes down to like whether you actually if you believe in what you're doing, so like if it's something I give a shit about and it's like random people, it's a little bit easier. Like mm-hmm. I do political work as my job. And so like if it's something like of that nature, I find it not hard to talk to people about it. But right. like if I'm like calling people about like fucking internet services or some shit like that, like I know I sound like a fraud and they're going <laughs> to figure that out. It's, just, yeah. it's embarrassing for both ends, dude. Well, that's it. It was even hard for me to do this. I did, I did this without video for years. And then only, I mean, probably COVID is when I started doing actually using the video on it because it was too awkward for me to, hmm. to do this. Like I could, I didn't even want to look at people on the other, like I, it was just too, too much. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. And, but it's weird. But, and I'm saying that because like you, I had no problem getting up on the stage with a microphone yeah. and just like, whatever, let's fucking. This is two different things, so you know. Yeah, especially because you have people behind you too. I mean, you're, the music's playing; not everybody is focusing on you, so it's it, you put that in your head, and you just kind of let whatever comes out comes out. Right, right. Well, so okay, I didn't know that you you had uh, 
several other bands before Collective Action. So tell me about Collective Action. When does Collective Action actually begin? I've thought about uh, doing a kind of like youth crew inspired band for a long time. I've done like quite a few different bands. I've done like more of like the A389 sounding stuff, mm-hmm. done a sound stuff. I did like the chain punk kind of sound. And I just, you know, like that's kind of the stuff that grabbed me in. Like after the sick of it all stuff, like something that really compelled me to go to a live show is, do you remember that band, The First Step? Sure do. Yeah. They used to play yeah. up here all the time. Their last show was here in Pennsylvania for some reason. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, to tie that together with my high school stuff, I was watching that video one day because uh, I think he's either 856, one of his early videos, or someone else filmed it and put it on YouTube. At the championship. I, I, remember, I, was, I was certainly there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so some of my uh, friends from school were there. And I was like, what? that that's perplexed me for a second. I was like, what the fuck? How are they all the way over there? That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> and then just the energy that that band had with the crowd is just something that stuck in my mind. And I was like, I really, I'm, I'm one of those types of people that really enjoy the the banter and the talking, whether it's like witty shit or like saying something you actually care about on stage in between songs. So like, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's not been, the youth crew sound hasn't been in vogue. Like I think after mindset, especially like, I don't think people give a shit about, about that unless you're in like Europe or, or some parts of Asia where it's still going strong. But uh, once the pandemic came around, uh, our scene started to get revitalized again. We started getting younger kids. And uh, I ran across this dude, same name as me, named Jack. And I was talking to him and he was mentioning that um, that he liked some of like the, what's it called? The Revolution Summer stuff. And so I just like sent him a DM one day after a show. I was like, do you like Uniform Choice? And they're like, yes. So... And I was like, we're going to be in a band. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of the genesis of it. And there's a huge age difference. Well, huge to me. I mean, I, I turned 30 in, uh, in earlier in January. I'm 31 this coming January. And at the time, these kids were in high school still, like some yeah. of them, or like fresh out of high school. And so I just let, uh, for, for purposes of the podcast, and just because it's what their nickname is, I call them Young Jack. You have... Regular Jack, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I've I've heard that before when you guys get on with uh get on with um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Spencer. Um, Spent no, no, no. Uh, the other. Oh, tra- oh, yeah, oh. Trevor, 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 Trevor. Yeah, 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 Trevor. Yeah, when you get on with Trevor for dead air. Yeah, yeah I hear the I hear the back and forth, Young Jack. Yeah, so so I'm familiar. And that's actually yeah, where yeah, I heard. Yes. That's where I heard Collective Action the first time was was you guys oh, shit, playing okay. on on there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but he, but like they had like really the same mindset as me, like as far as like discovering bands, like it's almost like an infectious, like they need to know everything. So like they did a youth crew dives, like we're going to do this. They brought in some other friends of theirs that are around the same age and none of them have ever been in a hardcore band before. So I thought I was, I didn't really know how it was going to go. I was like, well, I want to give it a shot. I think it's important also to like, even though I don't live in Roanoke right now, like I, I spent half my time there. Um, I work up in uh, Northern Virginia and so I get around the DMV uh, and then I go down there for like family and just like for hardcore shit. Uh, and we just happened to start writing stuff. And like, I guess some of those, some of those guys have been jamming together with other shit. Like they've been into like more of the emo or indie rock stuff that they have a good chemistry and the song just kind of came really rapidly. And 
uh, it ended up working out really well. And it's it's been a lot of fun. I think it's probably the most fun I've had in a band in a really long time. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of surprising hearing, well, I knew how young they were from the little no echo feature that that was out there, but it's surprising hearing how how good it is. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I mean, I'm surprised myself and like I was part of the process, but you, and you wouldn't think, cause usually you, you you have to have a first really awful band that you put the demo up and you take it down a couple of years later because you're embarrassed of it. But like these kids know what the fuck's up (laughs) certainly way better than my first project. (laughs) <laughs> well, when you, when you first got together, you mentioned the, the big age difference. We touched on it, uh, of course, there briefly. Was there any awkwardness there? Anything you had to get past? Was the parents, what's this 30 year old guy doing hanging out with the kids? <laughs> like, Not what? really. I mean, that's been more of the influx of like the younger kids. I feel like maybe it's, it's a little bit older and in, in different scenes, but we've just gotten a lot of high school kids and some even like middle school kids coming out to shows. Uh, and I try to just, when I'm down there just to be friendly with people and just like try to spark conversation uh, with newer kids. Cause I realized that like to, it, for context, it'll, it'll make more sense before the pandemic, the scene kind of died off. Like there was like maybe one or two shows that were pretty decent from like October, 2019 to maybe January of 2020. But like, it might as well just died off at that point. So like seeing that people gave a shit when I booked the the first show back in I think it was July of 2021, I really wanted to make a, an effort to like bring in younger kids that are actually going to stay instead of just like, you know, come to a couple of shows and then bail. So it wasn't really that awkward at all. I don't think, uh, I've met most of their parents. They, they seem to think kindly of me. Uh, uh, I, I think I'm the normal type of weird. Usually, uh, older adults tend to think I'm uh, I'm nice, a nice human being. Especially if they're like <laughs> boomer age, they they really appreciate me because I'm very uh, civil and kind and use my p's and q's and all that. And that should go a long way with any age, but sure, know. yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned the you know the sound is kind of inspired by the first step, youth crew, uniform choice, whatever, and that's exactly the vibe that I got from it too. I mean, it'd be hard not to, if you hear it, um, yeah. my mind immediately goes to young blood records. And that's because I'm really biased to young blood records, them being from right here. Um, and that being one of the uh, young blood records showcase was like the thing that like, was like mm, the hardcore is my thing. That was desperate measures, striking distance, more than oh, yeah. my, my luck all in one show in my hometown. For some reason, another thing that happened right here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so that's where I hear. And so it's, it's a, maybe it's a little bit, maybe I hear a little bit nostalgia, but I, mm. I don't think so though. Like, I, I, like I, I wanted to send it to Sean today and I, 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 for, I meant to and forgot to, um, to Sean Youngblood who runs the label mm. and just check this out. You, you'll probably dig this, but, uh, is that, are you, are you hearing the same thing? Are you getting the same type of feedback? Is everybody hearing the same type of hardcore when they listen? I think a lot of people are getting, like the uniform choice, like stuff, obviously the the cover of it's on, um, on the demo, but I think some people also hear more contemporary stuff that misses my ear. Like, I guess what would have been contemporary to me, like, like young Jack and Anderson, the other guitar player, like both of them really like backtrack. And like, I feel like that's backtrack. There's DNA of backtrack and almost everything. Cause they just yeah. were such a pivotal band. So like, Sometimes people will come to that, but like, I really tried hard to keep it 
like to fine tune the sound and like give critique of it to keep it in the youth crew lane because just of the fact that there's not many bands of that ill there's like you like you could almost make a, a subgenre of youth crew inspired stuff like to me like change is another example of a band that's like a youth crew yeah. band or like uh that one band on young blood struck nerve youth crew band yes right. but, but like you have bands like fury where like you could argue some of the younger uh the old like the older materials like oh that is that that's youth crew inspired ish or maybe more straightforward but like mm-hmm. i wanted to make more of a uh, i guess a, a statement with it and they were kind of about that too so that's very cool very cool again it's it's a style that i appreciate and like although it's never like applied to me in any way which is it's a funny thing like the like it's never i've never been the type of person that there's i don't know like i've never been straight edge a day in my life i've never you know fucking i've always thought violence is fine <laughs> like i've always eaten meat you know like it's just funny yeah. what i but like i've I've always really enjoyed the uh that genre and like the energy from it and you're right there's there aren't that many bands in it mindset certainly carried the torch for mm. a while and uh i was really fortunate to like watch them from the beginning when they were anti-wastoids i still have an anti-wastoids beanie upstairs i think uh and then they actually i I interviewed them for a zine that i never put out when they were (laughs) anti-wastoids i I interviewed ev but it but it was like so like i I got to watch that you know build for the whole way and until like their last shows and um and then yeah it just kind of disappeared it was like the style died out and yeah but in a way, like I understand when people don't like it, when it, when it ends up being fucking corny, there's some like yeah. really bad attempts at it and it's just like super stale and uh, I don't know, just cookie cutter as fuck. And that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like this. And maybe that's where, maybe when, maybe those uh, influences, like you're talking about like that backtrack stuff that's in there that maybe I'm not pulling out. Maybe that's why it's mm-hmm. more dynamic. Um, I think the other thing just to add to that real quick is like, I've I've had one other band that's similar in this respect where like most of the people that are writing the music don't know much about hardcore. Like they're starting to like understand it, but like they're the way they construct songs and like build parts is from other genres. And so like Mm -hmm. sometimes structural things would be a little bit different in some of like the collective action stuff that doesn't, that separates it from like the cookie cutter, like, Oh, we're going to look at you for today and just, copy paste dilute right. a little bit and then continue that way so i think that kind of it, it, it for better or for worse because sometimes it can like be off-putting for people that want to hear like strictly like 100 percent of a straight edge like or a youth crew sound and they hear something different it's like oh i don't know why you would choose that drum beat or that kind of guitar riff there but it, it also sets you apart from other stuff so it's it's been nice to like have that kind of out of the box thinking in it too yeah sometimes you know that that uh being naive is a benefit, you know, and that, and that you're not, you're not held down to whatever the expectation or the standard. And you can just accidentally make something that sounds awesome. Whether or not that happened here, I don't know, but it's very cool. Um, the, the don't go it alone EP, do you call it an EP? Do you call it a demo? What is it? I just wanted to put a, a name to it, but it is a demo, you know, like I just think from doing a lot of the research stuff and like for what it takes, like I just, Every time I see demo 23 or demo 2023, I'm just like, man, just put, <laughs> just put a little bit more effort behind it. Uh, and so I, I just wanted to have a name attached to it. So it's not just another, oh, it's another demo, you know? So Good. I, I also shake my head at demo promo. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 
it, it is kind of annoying. Like when I think about trying to distinguish the two, when I think about promo, it's like, hey, we are either about to drop an LP or we're trying to find a new label home. And then demo is like, you can only have one demo, which is the first thing. But like, I've seen like more of like hardcore punk bands. They'll have, like, I think uh, that band Slant from uh, South Korea did that. They they had a full length a couple of years ago and they released a demo this year, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> it's a little weird, but like, I guess. Backwards. Some to that, but like, it, yeah, I'd rather you stick with this one term, like you said, instead of saying, oh, promo. Because that also makes me want to just like not add it to a playlist or listen to it. It's like, oh, if these songs are going to be on something else, then why the fuck mm-hmm. am I going to listen to it now? I'll just listen to it yeah. with better recording and mixing later. It's funny because very few people care about it like you and I do. Everybody else is like, who gives a shit? Just play, play the song. So I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, call it. Just, yeah, but, yeah. Like, well, hold yeah, on. We got to make a list. And if we can't make this list the way we want it to be, you know, which is, it's true. That's, I'm, I'm, uh, I, and I'm sure you are, uh, have our little particular things about what we do. It's what we, I keep talking around what you do. And I want to make sure we mention it, of course, the, what it takes. Um, before we go any farther on anything else, tell me about what it takes. How did that get started? So I, uh, I guess this is a long story, but I'm trying to make it short, like actually short. Um, I had just like a, a period of time where I just like wasn't doing well mentally, uh, ended up in the hospital for a little bit. Um, I came out of that and was trying to get back to what I really loved. Like I never like dropped out of hardcore, but like I, I got like really isolation E and just like didn't really talk to people or look to new stuff. So I really wanted to like re-entrench myself into hardcore. And I just like found that the bug was still there to like research every single fucking thing that gets released that is hardcore. And so I just like was like bugging the fuck out of people on my personal Instagram and just like posting all the shit I would post on what it takes in my stories and shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of actually annoying about <laughs> someone else. Like they don't need me to, to do this. If they, there should be a separate entity, uh, for this. And, um, it was right after I got back from the UK, um, right before COVID started. Um, and I just was thinking, I guess it's because of the brand new year. It was like in January. So you know what? I could just start sharing like my own little database of shit with other people and just try to do two simple things with it. Cause what it takes really isn't that like complex. It's I wanted to give everything that comes out an equal playing field because like obviously, and you, you know this better than most people, like if it's not in the English language or it's not from the States, no one's going to give a fuck about it. That's traditionally how it's always been. But to me, I found one of the more beautiful things about hardcore is that the energy is the same everywhere. It just takes a different shape sometimes or a different style or like different language that it's the vessels carried in. Uh, Sometimes it's so much better in the native language too. Oh dude. A hundred percent. Like, and a little caveat around that. Something that bugs the fuck out of me a little bit is people that get upset when things are not in English because like, Half the hardcore bands, you can't even understand what the fuck they're saying. It's like, what does it really, what does it really matter? You know, but, um, but I just wanted to give bands like that an equal playing field because like, I I realized there's so much quality shit in Europe and like Asia, Australia, that was like not being talked about. And it was like, cause when you start closing in on what you're pulling from, it's like, oh, everything that I like is coming from these handfuls of people or this state or this side of the country. And that's it. If you just limit yourself to that, I feel like you get 
into that weird headspace that some like older heads get where it's like they're very uh skeptical of newer things that come out and you eventually mm-hmm. just become fucking stuck like your head backwards man you're just looking reflecting on the hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Past, like, geez, I wish it could be like how it was when American Nightmare was around or like when Gorilla Biscuits before they broke up. It's like, dog, there's so much cool shit happening right here and right now that people should just know what's going on. And so I just let my, uh, my infectious fucking love for hardcore onto other people. And I've amassed a couple thousand followers that probably have the same sort of mental illness that I do that they need to know everything too. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a very cool thing. I regularly get use you as my research where I make your notable records lists or yeah. posts and I go and I add them all to my playlists and or anything that oh, I can. Yes. And I, and I listened through to them. That's what I do. That's like, yeah, I use you as a reference and uh, I've got, I got a couple other ones, but you're the main one for that I go to for hardcore. And I think that's important for people who might not know that to know um, that that's what you're doing over there. What's the, what's the official uh, Instagram use? Oh God, I have to look. I'm terrible. What it takes HC blog. Yeah. Another funny thing about that, I didn't realize this when I made the the email for it, but like apparently when you get an email from me, uh, <laughs> I think it just says like in the, in like where, where it's like from is like hardcore. That's all it says. <laughs> so like <laughs> That's when I, cool. That's I cool. printed the zine, the first one I ever did and I went to the print shop. It's like, oh yeah, I have a, an order for some magazines for hardcore. And I'm like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, but that's cool. I like that. No, no mistake. Well, I guess you could mistake what it's about, but, uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in magazine form, you could, you could certainly mistake, but thankfully they sure. <laughs> right. 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 Well, I, I wanted to touch on that because what you do there is very cool. You, you do a great job of, uh, exposing, exposing other people to bands that wouldn't get that exposure. You're doing exactly what you set out to do. And that's, that's really, well, cool. I appreciate the, uh, your support, man. And I feel the same about you i mean like I, i'm big into just like how i figure out how to find stuff is like i have certain podcasts that i listen to uh getting out is one of them 185 miles south joe hardcore is one and then there's certain playlists of people that do what i do just as good if not a little bit better and i just every week i'll go through make sure i'm listening to all the new shit and look for the playlist and it serves and helps me get connected in because sometimes I'll just miss shit if I just go through. Cause I'm mostly like a band camp kind of person. I just go through like the band camp tags and just like search that way. 
I also, like you, spend a lot of time listening to new stuff, which sometimes I got to remind myself to go back or to stop. So like, go listen to the stuff that you like, enjoy mm -hmm. music. You've already, you already know you enjoy. It's worth another play. You know, oh, do, dude, do you have yeah. the same problem? I do. So like in preparation for some of like the, the stuff with collective action, I was like, I need to like revisit all the like older youth crew stuff that I, I used to listen to regularly. And now I just, you get, I guess you get, into, I, I get into a headspace where like, I know what this sounds like. I know I like it. I don't need mm -hmm. to revisit it, but like, right. I'm always like every time I revisit something, I always find something different that I enjoy about it now. So like, I've been trying to like, I did the whole deep dive on like all the today stuff I've done, like gone back to like stuff around like the, the late aughts, which is where I got into it. Like, oh, let me listen to like all the half hard stuff or all the cruel hand uh, albums and just like get reacquainted uh, with stuff. Cause that's, that's, it's a weird problem to have when you're so focused on, the future, like the near future and right now that you forget about some of the stuff that you enjoyed in the past. And oddly enough, I wrote an entire song about that for collective action because I think that's an interesting uh, kind of like paradigm that exists in hardcore where you have people that are really wanting to keep a scene or keep a sound exactly how it was and have a really like past lens kind of like view. And there's people like you and I that might be like, maybe a little too gung-ho and you're just like your head's in the clouds a little bit and you're just grabbing at multiple things and you're not rooted back to where you need to be, you know? And so mm -hmm. like just to strike that balance because I don't want to get too lost in all the new stuff because like hardcore, especially if that is like unique in a way where it all, there's a genesis from it and it's important to remember where the shit comes from or are you going to get lost in what it transforms into? And like to forget that is like an, an essential part of like the values and I don't want to forget the values because that's equally why I'm invested in hardcore as much as like bands and stuff. So it's, uh, I have to remind myself to slow down every now and then as well. That's good though. I mean, I like, I like your approach to it. Obviously mine's very similar. Um, I feel like, you know, we have to, we don't have to do anything, but we should respect and appreciate where it all came from, but also yeah. respect and appreciate the evolution of the sound, the genre and what it's, mm -hmm. what it is now, because as you and I both know, if you listen to the stuff that it was back then, it really doesn't sound like much like what it is now no. or, you know, you know, all, all the certain variations, what is, what isn't, doesn't really matter. Um, cause we know what is, what isn't, um, yeah. whether we hear it or not, it's sometimes you don't even have to hear it. You can just look at it and say, well, that is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to, uh, collective action here. Um, you have this don't go it alone it's uh is it is there a physical release for it um what's going on yeah, with force we did of tapes, reckoning uh through force of reckoning and uh to some on the outside if you like know force of reckoning for what they're generally known for you might think to yourself why would you put out a youth crew it's more metallic stuff right tape on metallic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that that classic era metallic hardcore shit and i i guess i just wanted to make a, a point of it this time around to like, because I've had other bands in the past that have like some have released on other stuff. Like, I wanted to like keep it kind of local, and uh, the dude's local enough that runs that, and I feel like he really has a deep passion because like some of the stuff he's putting out is like archival stuff or stuff that's going towards like charity or for funds. Like, and I, I appreciate that, and so like we, uh, I think uh, Young Jack just sent it to him, and he really fucked with it. You know, I was like, you know what? 
might as well. Cause I mean, he, he, yeah. he, he has put out some stuff that's not completely metallic. I think he did the, the fading signal stuff, which is yeah, another that's band. Who I was going to reference too. Yeah. Yeah. Rapid so like, fire. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of rapid, rapid fire is the wrong band, I, but to me, they're not quite so, so metallic. No. Yeah. They're still more in like <sighs> straightforward, like locking out style, mm-hmm, like maybe yeah. early triple B kind of sound. Um, right. so yeah, it's, it's, I feel like he's more of like, Oh, if you're from around the region and you're good, and I fuck with you, I will ride for you. And that's kind of the energy I wanted. So like we did tapes through for him. We're going to, we have like merch and stuff for him too. But like, it was just like a more of a limited run. Cause obviously like the challenge of being from a place called Roanoke, it's easy to, to skip over a name when you see like, Oh, bands from there's like, I don't, I don't think I need to give a fuck about that. <laughs> so it's a, it's an uphill challenge. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, you know as well as I do, you can't uh, can't judge by that entirely. Some of the best bands come from fucking nowhere, or you just watch a scene suddenly just build out mm-hmm. of a place where typically there wasn't anything before. Little Rock is a great example of that right now. How oh, yeah. Stan and those guys just have this big thing building down there that uh seems to come out of nowhere. Of course, we know it's been they've been doing it mm-hmm. for years, but you know, that's uh, eventually we can, you can build a Roanoke uh, Mecca of hardcore. If you so I feel choose. like it, it's, it's starting to exist. I mean, the last big show I was involved with, I did a, an off date for terror on that, the recent tour and I sold yeah. out our, I guess the, the local venue, the only one we have, it's like a skate shop and shit was, well, shit was awesome, dude. 250 people and no barricade terror show. You can't really yeah, beat that. And no, so I'm perfect. hoping to get, keep it alive and get more more of the bigger stuff coming down through there because i think especially like the, the mindset that I, I try to have I, i'm I'm more interested in the stuff directly around me whether it's big or small like i want richmond to be doing really well i also want bristol tennessee to be doing really well because if he's the surrounding areas are doing good we're all doing good you know like i don't need i, I don't like the competitive aspect that used to exist and some of the stuff that used to exude when i was younger and kind of too prideful like you, everyone's got to eat man and it, it's better yeah. when the table's full yeah i think uh through all the eras of hardcore that i've seen it's always best when everybody has the high tide raises all ships mentality rather than what eventually always happens because it's just kind of you know comes into cycles where eventually it gets competitive and cutthroat and it's really just about getting as far as you can not everybody else and like it, it'll come right <laughs> but yeah. but typically there's some nice actual some of that fable unity first and then comes the jealousy and all the you know oh, once yeah. the success comes then comes you know people trying to chop each other down but you know you got to build up to that first <laughs> yeah well <laughs> tell me about the most exciting thing for you about releasing don't go it alone I think it's just been that like more of a personal thing. Cause like, like I said, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time and to be just really happy with how something sounds and just be like that kind of just like the bare threshold that like, that's what every artist I think really wants is to be satisfied of how something sounds. And the other aspect is like, uh, these younger kids. Cause like, I, I want I want the band to last as long as it as it can, but like nothing lasts forever. But mm-hmm. I wanted to like give all the kids that are in this band with me like a good first step into like hardcore, where they have a good experience of things, where they're like able to like go on tour, meet new friends, like have the good experiences that you and I both had when we were like teenagers, early twenties, and all that good shit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and to see that kind of happening in front of my eyes is like a, a really cool thing. Like I've seen like how like these guys have like linked up with other dudes in like Richmond or in like Philadelphia and they're like filling in for other bands in that region. And they're like, just like homing up with everybody. I think it's like a really cool, cool thing. Uh, and yeah, just like to do something more positive. Cause, uh, as I kind of preluded earlier, like I've been slowly trying to get better at my mental state and shit since, uh, that I guess 2018 period of time. And like most of the hardcore music that I've made has been very negative, which I still fuck with negative stuff, (laughs) but uh, it's nice to be positive for a change in in an authentic way, because it's not me. It's like digging at the tropes. Like I actually am trying, I don't, uh, you you reach a point I think where you just like, don't want to live a certain way like that anymore. You got to make a change. And so like, uh, I'm living it as I'm, uh, I'm singing about it, I guess. And so it's, that's it's the perfect been, type of music for it, you know, for, yeah. for the positive outlook, you know, There's nothing better. What, like, what, what, oh, what yeah, better dude. than youth group? <laughs> yeah. You can't beat that shit, dude. Well, so, all right. So I know, I know the demo is relatively new, but what's the future plans for the band now? Are there any, are you guys just kind of winging it? Oh, no. I mean, we're, we we try to keep things pretty strategic. Um, we got two more shows this year. Uh, yesterday, we just finished. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to bring up the, the promo thing. And I don't know if they're going to call it a promo, <laughs> but we have two newer songs. And then I think we're going to cover uh, a Warzone song. Uh, and we're going to just put that up just to like give people more to listen to. Because I think I've been thinking about this more recently uh, and I'm sure you've, you put th- some thought in it too. Like people bands moving away from like the strict, like demo to EP to LP where it's like, mm-hmm. I think most people want to digest music more frequently in smaller doses. So like, why not try to give that a shot and see? Uh, so we're going to guess record that at some point, hopefully have it out in January. I'm going to try to, I think we're going to try to do some like, more legitimate touring. We've done like a, a, a weekend with this band called Wasted Space from Richmond, who are really sick. Same age group as most of the other kids too. Um, and we're just going to try to like do what we can while I still have time. And before I get to uh, become a geriatric, you know, just try, just try to it get happens, out there. Man. It'll, it'll, it'll get you eventually. You know, like, yeah, like I, I always... My hairline to thin and, and <laughs> start hey, yeah, getting arthritis yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> It'll age you eventually. Uh, we can't know what, you know, time is undefeated. Is something they say something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate seeing you staying involved like this and uh, not, not just doing the, you, you know, like, how do I say this correctly? Like, I just do this, right? And I mm-hmm. just talk about it and, you know, try to bring awareness to it, whatever, you know, yeah. share people's promote, help promote stuff. But I'm not, I'm very, very rarely out there at shows doing the fucking thing. So it's very cool that you are, uh, you know, because yeah. I understand somebody being like, what the fuck's Dan care? What do we care what he says? You know, he's not there. He's not doing it. I get it. That's like valid. Right. So, mm-hmm. but in your case, nobody can say shit. You're <laughs> your boots on the ground as well as on the internet. To be fair. I mean, like I, the, I, like you're one of like the more heavier duty podcasts where you're doing so much output and you have like a library of shit behind you. And plus you have a family, man. Like I, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids. So like once that happens, who, who no, I'm knows not apologizing to anybody about it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, give yourself a little more credit. I feel like you're about as involved as one could be in your situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's true. That's true. Thanks. Thanks. Well, all right. So, uh, 
I kind of already asked this, but what happens next? What's in the immediate future? Are you guys playing shows? Are you, do you have anything coming up? In the sort of the region. So I've like, I've, I've teamed up with a couple of uh, friends of mine in the DC area uh, to just start booking shows in Nova. Cause like a lot of the shows happen either in like the suburbs in between like Baltimore or DC or they're happening in DC. There's not much in Northern Virginia as far as like, venues or like bands that say they're from there so like i'm trying to do like old school vfw style um where i think it's like an outrageous number of bands that i've I've booked i think it's like seven bands on on one night just like all local stuff i'm trying to raise money to get so me and my friend fernando can get like a pa Mm because no one has a pa we're just (laughs) being kind of fucking lazy uh but um we got that going on i think it's november 10th at the mclean vfw for those that know what that is very very probably my favorite vfw i've ever been to it's really sick very cool and then i have a show a couple days after that in roanoke we're gonna play with ankle biter and wasted space at another vfw so it's it's really just uh we're hunkering down uh for, in the vfw world and then i guess that's awesome i haven't been to a vfw show in so long and that's like what i came up going to VFW and park buildings and, you know, just floor space stuff. And yeah, I love hearing that. Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad some of that stuff's around because I thought for a moment that like a lot of the more DIY stuff would just disappear one day. I don't know why I have that thought. It's like things getting either too commercialized or people wanting on the outside that are new to hardcore wanting to have like, see it more legitimacy if that makes sense like oh i want to see it at a real venue where i'm like i can get pre uh, pre-order tickets and i don't have to just go to the door you yeah. know just like in that way but it, it's still thriving places like here so um I'm, I'm glad to see it and uh as much as i can well, i mean we're going to try to play more shows we're all kind of spread out now some of these kids are going to school and like uh jmu or bcu and i'm up here in nova and so certain times we can't play Sometimes we can, but I'm going to, I want to keep trying to make it go as, as much as I can, you know, cause like, uh, something that's definitely tied into the band, just something I've been thinking about that I think is a lot of people in hardcore shit on. I don't understand this. Maybe you can give me some light on this because obviously you have, uh, the trope on unity and stuff like that. And like, rarely does that ever play out in the way that, uh, in the lyrical content that he makes it believe. But I think at least for me, as I've gotten older, I've realized the importance of just community and just a general sense, like uh, having a place to belong somewhere. I think it's, it, it's kind of alarming, especially like having just recently, like all of us gone through the pandemic where like none of us really got to participate in anything of being online, how easy that can get taken away from you and how like a lot of society these, this, these days is wanting you to be like glued to the internet or to your phone and create spaces there where it's supposed to have community, but it's really not. Like I, mm-hmm. I really want to go be a part of something that's physical and that means something, and where I feel like I'm uh, can can be seen and understood. Uh, and so, like that's hardcore is that for me. Uh, and like I just want, I just don't know why people. Why do you think people just in hardcore think that's some cheesy shit or they just like they aren't about community? Because I feel like I hear that every now I think because it's because it's hard to be genuine and like mm. it's hard to like be because it's vulnerable to people to actually be genuine and be nice. And it's never cool. I don't know. In some places it's cool. In some places yeah. it's cool to be 
nice to other people. You know, you always, there's, there's always that elitist shit is always going to be there. It's like, it's, it's, it's not always, or it doesn't have to be there, of course, but it's just no. hard to get rid of. It's, it's, you know, and I, I'm guilty of it. Everybody I know is guilty of it. It happens, sure. like seeps in. It's like I was talking about before it, like it, it somehow gets, gets there. And I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for it. I'm just, I've seen it be like that. Right. There is a, mm-hmm. There was uh like when I lived in Baltimore, I always talk about how there was like two different hardcore scenes. There was the Charm mm-hmm. City art space and then there was the sidebar. And now yeah. like there was people like me who went back and forth. There were bands like Mindset who went back and forth. But mm-hmm. everybody knew that the art space scene, the people were way more kind, they were way nicer, they were like it was a much more welcoming environment, and it was half as fun. It was like, it was just, like if, if you wanted to like go wild, have to see a crazy hardcore, you, you know, yeah. you hear about the best hardcore shows. They took place at the sidebar. They took place, you know, like, I mean, there are exceptions certainly, but you know, it's, it was just, it's just always been like that. It's like that uh, appeal to things that suck. but you bring up a good point there because like and i feel like when you bring up community some people think about like the more pc like softer stuff and that's i guess necessarily not what i'm talking about at all Mm. like if you can get a bunch of people like i guess what comes to mind first like if you like if i'm sure you might might have seen that the one of the first tsunami shows in that house where everybody's beating ass if you can get a community of people that are down with each other and give a shit about one another, but also want to beat the fuck out of each other. That's fucking cool. Like, that's just, a, think, that's a delicate thing. You know, you gotta be cool with, I don't know, you know, you some people cool handle a lot of things and have a lot of patience yeah. and uh, not a quick temper. But w- what I'm getting at, I guess, is like, it, it, it puzzles me to think about a scenario of someone getting into hardcore. And like, obviously you can like it for just the music. It's easy to like latch on to any kind of music. If you just think it sounds good to you, but like, if there's a community for it that exists and you just like, I guess you can choose to be a part of it. If you don't, if you want to, you don't have to do anything, but like, it's, it's strange to me that like that there wouldn't be an allure or some kind of incentive to be, I guess, a part of that. Cause like, I guess as, like I said, I'm getting older uh, and I think about this a lot more. Cause like I have older parents, like my parents are probably old, maybe as old as your parents. My dad just turned 77. Um, no, they're older than my parents. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, I think about, uh, it's always put in, put in the back of my mind by my father about like what to do when they're gone. And I think about what to, what am I going to do when you get older and naturally like your friend group decreases and like people move, uh, unfortunately people die. Like what, what are you going to do on with the time that you have here? And I think community is just so fucking important. It doesn't have to be this like utopia, weird PC shit because like, some of that shit's just, I don't know. I mean, some of the PC stuff goes too far and then some of the knucklehead shit goes too far. Sure. Yeah. It's it's an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in between. But like, I, I just see so much value in that because if you belong to something, I just feel like you're going to end up staying there more. And that's kind of like what you, you want. And that's, it's for hardcore to survive too. Like, I guess you could survive in the scenario where there's just new people that come a lot like are there right now, maybe they leave in two or three years and then you get another wave of new kids. But mm-hmm. you look back at like some of the stuff in the past and some of the people that are, are still there from like that are in their sixties now, and they're still a part of this thing. They've been a part of it for 40 plus years. And like, that's a beautiful thing to me to be able to belong to something like that 
and not only like leave your mark on it, but like help create and, and, and shape something that's going to live on past you and, and service people in a way like people. I, I, and there's no problem with people thinking that hardcore is just about like hard dancing, stage dives, hanging out. Like a lot of that's cool. I loved all that stuff. Right. But to me, like to go back to the origin thing, I'll, I'll stop rambling here in a second. I know I'm, I started to ramble, <laughs> but, um, when I got into hardcore, one of my favorite ba- uh, bands was Bane. And I resonated with a lot of the lyrical content and count me out of the song because like, I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere because like mm-hmm. I was like, uh, living in a part of the South where I was like questioning like sexual orientation and things like that. That was a no go. Wasn't really that religious or that athletic, unfortunately. So it didn't really work out with that. And so like, Hardcore to me was like a place where I could just like exist and also like find like-minded people. And that's to me so necessary nowadays because you can get so isolated just staying online and being in a bubble of people that either all think like you or you get trapped into like all the hate comments and shit like that. And just Mm -hmm. deteriorates your fucking brain, man. Uh, Nothing's ever going to be human interaction. And to me, hardcore needs that more than any other subgenre of music. It needs that to propel it forward. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. We're about to be close to 50 years of hardcore, man. That's an insane thing to think yeah, about. It's, weird. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and I hope it, I hope, I don't think it's going anywhere, but I hope that it, it lasts longer than I even expected to last. And I think that's all based around community. I guess it just depends on, uh, on your expectations with that, you know, like, I think that's, I think what you want is a great thing. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally agree that I don't know anybody who could say anything negative about what, what you're saying. And I wish it were like that too. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't have a good rebuttal for that. Oh, no, I, don't no, know. I think yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of cool that you like don't have one. Cause like, I think it's something that if you ask different generations of people in hardcore, I don't know many people other than maybe like the oldest, people in the scene now like could give you a concrete answer because like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of posturing that goes into hardcore and there's also on the flip side of that you're you're supposed to be your like authentic self and so there there's a clash between these things i think in the modern day where you're like uh i love my friends and i ride hard for them and but I'm not going to be vulnerable and say I'm, I need community. I need uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, other human beings interacting with me to survive. I need, to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I'm fine alone. That's, you know, that's, there's yeah, also that. I'm fine. Dude, that Andrew Tate mentality, man. Yeah. That good alpha male, alpha wolf. <laughs> well, there's always been plenty of that in hardcore too, unfortunately, but uh, you know, but, but, but I think, I think uh, what a band like, I think what you can, I'm not saying you should do anything, but community like community can be built around something like a band, yeah. uh, especially like within the hardcore scene, whether collective action, whether that's just the members that come and go or the people that help you with that, you know, the force of reckoning, putting out the label, the way mm-hmm. that kind of extends and extends. And, and I think that's, I think that's a great place to start to build those things or to try to make it from that, you know, um, you yourself have a great 
amount of reach. Just think about like all the podcasts you appear on, just <laughs> even if just like across yeah. the country or even up into Canada, you know what I mean? Like, so it's maybe it's there. It's just not, it's just not, it's just not tight in it or it's not a uh, physical, you know, and I know that's part of what you're saying, but. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and you can't make something as purely physical, like, like you could maybe like back in like the, the early nineties or late eighties, but like, I think well, that's when, when, when everything was physical, right? Yeah. We were, actually, my wife and I were talking to her stepdaughter about something yesterday and we were talking about how the only way you found out is when you saw that person in person, right? Yeah. Like when we were in, when we were in high school, it was like, well, you didn't know, you didn't know what went down on the weekend. And then when you had that conversation with them and then they walked away, mm-hmm. it's, that was it. There was no checking on. There was no checking on. There was no text. There was maybe a phone call, but you know, whatever. It was like everything was done in person. So I think it was, it's just, I think the, I think phones, social media make it way harder. And I think everybody will agree with this to, to actually connect with people because. Yeah. I, I think in, in, even in like a, a stranger way too, like uh, I was thinking about this the other day of if you're able to constantly be in contact with someone for all the good that that does, because there's a lot of good of it too. Sure. I feel like it does strip away your, I guess your foresight on like whether you want to say something really impactful or meaningful. Cause like if you're just talking to someone face to face, like 40 years ago, who knows when you'll see that person again, if it's right. like, you're not living in the same city. So like, you're going to say something of meaning and maybe open yourself up to being vulnerable. Cause not, there's not a hundred or thousands of people looking to see what you commented on there. If you were vulnerable, you know what I mean? Like it's a bit sure. more private in that way. But um, what was I, what I was going to say was like, I think we're getting to a point because I mean, I would argue that hardcore is probably the healthiest it's, it's been in a long time. I, think I would say so some, yeah. some things that, that could change um, uh, certainly. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, of new blood here. And I think finally, uh, people are starting to give a shit about stuff that happens outside of their immediate circle. Like speed's a good example of that. Whispers is a good example of that. Like people are looking at bands from like different continents. They're like, yo, this is fucking sick. Let's bring them over. Let's have like a truly international, like hardcore scene where people are going, like I've seen so many bands go to Southeast Asia post pandemic than I ever saw probably (laughs) pre pandemic. (laughs) It's insane, dude. And I I love seeing it because we're all, I think people in some part think similar to what like you and I are talking about and they're, they know that the the physical is the most important aspect of it. So they're getting out there and doing the modern rendition of what a tour is, uh, whether it's just playing festivals or short runs or doing the long haul. And I feel like we're, we're becoming a more united scene in that way and more connected. And so like, I'm, I'm really fucking happy with where we yeah. are right now. Like, honest <laughs> to God, it's fucking sick. Well, I'm glad that you have a, you have a band to throw into the mix to be part of this. Cause I think it's worthy of it too. I think it's worthy to be heard by all these people worldwide. And I mean that, um, I, appreciate I just want to go back to one thing you just said uh, about this bands from South or the Southeast Asia thing. It's funny because that was like, when I was in a band, that was like the, the place, if you looked at all, like our plays, they like mostly came from Southeast yeah. Asia. You know what I mean? It was like these little, and they would, you know, beg us to come over and nobody else gave a shit. But, but Southeast Asia was, you know, this, we always joke that would be, that's where we should tour. But uh, yeah. I think it's still like that. I feel like 
when I, cause I, I try to be plugged in it, uh, with what's happening down there. And, but like, I'll see sets of like bands playing in, in Indonesia and like, it's going off, man. Like those kids, uh, that's the other thing about covering stuff, um, outside like the country. Cause I feel like when you live in a, especially on like a, one of the coasts in the U S you get, you see everything really quickly. Like if you're around long enough, you see the reunions, you see like all the good mm-hmm. bands through, but that pure excitement that you, you usually get with your first like handful of shows, like I feel like that's every show for some of the people out there in like central right. Europe or in like South America or in Indonesia, Malaysia. And like, it's, it's infectious, man. Like it's a weird thing to say. I, you probably, I wonder if you'll laugh at this. I think part of what I like going about shows, I like to see people have fun. Isn't that something yeah. that's enjoyable? <laughs> Just watch people have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, you know, I used to say again, when I was living in Baltimore that for a while I, I preferred going to metal shows at like the auto bar or whatever, because that's where people were having fun at mm-hmm. like those people were having fun at those shows. Not, not at the hardcore shows. Nobody, nobody seemed to be having a good time. It was, it was, I mean, everybody was right, but it was just a, nobody seems like they're having a good time, but you know, yeah, sometimes things can get like a little, like there's like just different vibes of stuff going well, on. Yeah. A lot of like times my good time, too. not, not, not me personally, but it'd be like, my good time is ruining else. Somebody else's good time. You know, and it'd be <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be messy, but it doesn't need to be that way. And I don't think it is anymore. I think at least from, from my seat, it doesn't seem to be that way. I don't think I'm ever going to get to a point where like, I know everything, everything like, mm-hmm. so you I can't, like when you people, can't, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a fun challenge though, to try to, so, to know right. most that you can, but, uh, it's always, I always appreciate bands sending stuff to me because I'm, I'll, I'll definitely miss stuff every week or every month or so. So please send stuff my way. Um, and another little quick thing I will advertise there. If you want to play shows in Roanoke, also hit my line because I will either book it or direct you to someone that will, and you'll have a fun time playing to people in the star city of the South.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Jack. And the song you just heard was my favorite off of Don't Go It Alone. It's called Generations. Again, this stuff is available now everywhere. You can get it on Bandcamp for a dollar if you want to be supportive and download it. Or you can stream it on the streaming services. You can go get that PMA wherever they're serving it, courtesy of Collective Action. Go down to Roanoke and catch the band live. They'll be at your scene's door soon enough. And I hope it continues and grows and grows and grows. And I wish them much success within the hardcore community and even larger. Let's just go big. Let's have success everywhere in whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, that's the attitude, right? Okay, cool. Thanks to Jack for the conversation, for the time. That's a person to appreciate within the hardcore scene for sure. Thanks to you for coming by, listening this long, sticking around to the very end. I'm working on that year-end list on gettingitout.net, by the way. Be on the lookout for that. I'm not going to drop it until much later in the year, but I get kind of bullied into doing it early, or I should say, I feel like I should do it earlier. Last year, I dropped it on January 1st of the following year of this year, and I feel like that's the right way to do it, but everybody starts rolling them out in like late November. And then it kind of puts the pressure on that I need to do that too. And uh, then I start just panicking, not panicking. That's too much. That's too strong of a word. I start second guessing my decisions and going, but I like this one. And I like this one. And I like this one. Currently, I have a list of nearly 200 records that came out this year. And you think I'm exaggerating, don't you? You're wrong. It's probably that big. I don't know. I haven't counted them, but it's likely that long. It's across all spectrums of music. And I don't know how exactly I'm going to narrow it down. I thought I'd break it down into like lists of 10 and then uh, combine that list of 10, 10 lists of 10, and then take the number one of each list and make that, make that the deal. You know, you get what I'm saying, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Go to gettingitout.net to find out what happens when I do though. Lots going on there as usual, mostly the podcast, but you're here. You want more. So go get more gettingitout.net before you do that. Or while you're doing that, I want to play you a song from a band you're probably familiar with. They're called Paint It Black and they're back. The Philadelphia Hardcore Quartet is back with a new EP. It's called Famine. It's coming out on Revelation Records. This is the latest single from that. It's safe. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.